Hey, good news if you live in Seattle. Patchworks is now open. You can go inside. You can't, uh, you can't try anything out. There's nothing out to play with. We're not there yet. And you do have to wear a mask. Um, but they do have stuff for you to look at in the box. And they have a lovely website. So you can go and check out uh, you know, what they got. And then you could go and, and get it. It's, it's no longer just curbside pickup. You can go right inside. And uh, I did it the other day. And it was great to see Nick and Tom. Um, I couldn't actually see their faces because of the masks. But it was, it was still nice to have a, a real interaction with them. Um, you know, safely from a distance and with hand sanitizer and masks and all that. Um, but yeah, I got this stereo triggered sampler from 4MS and I'm really excited about it. And I got that from their open box deals. Uh, so check out their website right now. There's some, there's some uh, good discounted gear in the open box deals. Get it while it's hot. I don't know what's left, but uh, last time I checked, there's some really cool stuff. And they've got stuff from 4MS. They're carrying uh, Busy Circuits now, ALM Busy Circuits. So uh, they have Pamela's new workout, and uh, they have all sorts of stuff from Moog, Make Noise, uh, Novation. They have the CP Reface or the Reface CP, that those little Yamahas. They got everything. They got it all. Way more than I can talk about right now. So I advise you to go check out patchworks.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Hi, how are you? Welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name's Tim Held. And this week we have Jack Smith, a.k.a. Black Moth, on the show. I was uh, made aware of Black Moth's music a few weeks ago and have just kind of totally taken the plunge into this very prolific and very uh, cinematic and... Uh, let's see, what's the word I'm trying to look for? There's a lot, there's a lot of um, color palettes within within Jack's releases. And we're going to talk about uh, how and why that is. But yeah, I think he has five releases just this year, um, and they all stand alone in very, very interesting ways. And uh, yeah, we're going to get that. Uh, we're going to get into that in a moment. Um, what you hear fading up behind me is a performance that I did recently. I, uh, Hannah and I got a new car, and I have a little power inverter, so I can bring my... my modular with me places and I went to the Fremont Troll and if you don't know what the Fremont Troll is here in Seattle look it up uh, and I did a I did a little recording there and, and I brought my um, you can hear their cars driving by and people talking because I, I brought my zoom recorder and recorded it and then um, the video that I, I I shot the video for the Colorado Modular Synthesis Society um, uh, I can't talk the Colo <laughs> The Colorado Modular Synth Society. They had a festival last weekend, and it was a lot of fun. Two nights, a bunch of performers. And if you missed it, uh, it is available on their YouTube. Um, and it, yeah, not just my performances. Awesome performances. Uh, Nasty Nachos was, was a part of it, um, amongst many others. Uh, a lot of past guests and some future guests. So I just want to personally thank the Colorado Modular Synth Society for having me and, uh, and, and urge you all to go check, it, check them out. They're doing really cool stuff. Um, what else is there to talk about? Uh, I could tell you about my Needham Woodworks case, my beautiful 15U 120HP ash wood uh, powered with eschatonic modular, clean, clean power, quiet power. 
um, I've never, I've, I've filled this thing, you know, I've had, I've have it full and uh, plenty of power to go around. Um, and it's just, it's just gorgeous. It's the, it's the nicest piece of furniture I own. And it may be the nicest thing that I own. I did mention we did get a new car. Um, and I know Eric's kind of a car guy and I don't, I don't want to say what kind of car I got because he might be like, that's not nicer than one of my cases. And you know what? It's really comparing, uh, oranges to apples at this point. So, um, just take my word for it. My Needham Woodworks case is awesome. Go check out NeedhamWoodworks.com to learn more about, uh, these amazing, amazing Eurorack cases. Um... I have to apologize for no demo this week. I'm running really behind. I have my I kind of getting back into the the uh, the old teaching job. It's kind of coming back, and we went to my parents' house this weekend, and yada yada. You don't need to know, but I just haven't had time to get into uh, into demos. But I'll tell you what I have been working out um, working out demos for, and really enjoying that. I urge you to go check out. First up is the uh, the new Motormatic from Recovery Effects. Awesome, awesome 3HP um, little ring modulator. It's so much fun. Um, and then the other is Sirius's Veil from Void Modular. It's this crazy, uh, it's either a dual filter or it could be a stereo filter. There are two inputs, two outputs. Um, and it's just, there's so much crazy CV control. And what I really love about it is there's, there's the different modes, you know, it's got bandpass notch, um, low pass, high pass, but there is a gate input where you can you can send a gate to switch between those those different modes. So there's a really, really fun, rhythmic, crazy, glitchy type stuff you can do with it. And I'm just getting my feet wet and uh, we're gonna be diving into that. So yeah, that's that's kind of what's going on in my life. Still reading a lot, trying to trying to find the balance of of being uh, being uh, creative and productive and present in all my different relationships in life, family, friends, being a husband. Uh, I think it's getting a little easier. I don't know. How are you all holding up? Um, and you know what'll make things easier is listening to some good music, especially on some sweet, sweet cassette tapes. And uh, I, I can tell you where to get some of that sweet sweet music on sweet sweet cassette tapes head over to selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com that's my my little digital label and i teamed up with with uh, josh and bradley from modular seattle to release volume two modular seattle volume two and ep2 so amazing performances from different live events in seattle uh, over the last year year and a half um yeah, please, please go check check that out. It's it, I love I love that I get the opportunity to even say I'm a part of it um, by releasing it on the label. But to be honest, Josh and Bradley did all of the work. I don't even want to take up even the smallest bit of a percentage. Those guys work so hard to keep our scene just bubbling, um, and I love that they they do these releases to allow people who don't get to enjoy these things live, uh, you know, they get to experience them in in some some form uh digitally or on cassette that's selfcenterrecords.bandcamp.com i think i've rambled enough let's get into this chat with jack aka black moth jack smith aka black moth on the show welcome to podular modcast i'm i'm glad that you uh you made some time for me oh no problem so 
I always like to start off by getting people's backstory. But before I dive into my asking your questions, I, I just got to say, like, one, you're one of the most prolific artists I've <laughs> talked to in a really long time. But, when, but what I've noticed about that is there's a, the variation in almost like mood and style mm-hmm. between these like releases you've done this year are like, it's broad. So right. I would say like the, so the first thing I listened to, because somebody recommended it, I don't remember where or when, but uh, it was The Space Between. Mm-hmm. And that's like, and, and I, you, you had me at Doombient. <laughs> you know, like looking on your Instagram, I was like, Doombient, that sounds awesome. And so I listened to this. And so as I'm listening to this album, I'm like, all right, I'm, I always like to try to pick, think about who, you know, like who, who, uh, who are the influences behind this mm-hmm. artist that I'm listening to? And I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, oh, like Sun, you know, mm-hmm. and like, you know, like some Doom stuff. And then I listen to stuff like Nine or uh, Random Acts of, and like, it takes me to totally different. Like, I think, um, is it Random Acts of or Nine? I think it's Random Acts of. I'm like, oh, this is totally like, this sounds like Aphex Twin inspired, but like Aphex right. to Sun is a pretty big leap. So <laughs> I just, I guess that's my really long winded way of saying like, where, like, where do you draw from? It seems like so much, but like, um, yeah, that was a, that was a poorly worded question, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's good. Um, for me, uh, usually when I sit down, I really don't have like any real strong idea in mind. I kind of like let the music take me where where my feels are. Um, mm-hmm. But my biggest thing is I feel like um, music should be like a destination. It should take you somewhere. It shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like uh, our job to, to provide an escape, you know? Um, yeah. So whenever I make something, it's like, you know, I kind of pick that vibe and then I stick to that vibe and just kind of, you know, do whatever I'm feeling at the moment, you know, whether there's like, like right now in the current situation, we're we're stuck at home and everything seems so like meh. And you would think like, oh man, I should create something to make people feel better about that. But it's just like, you know what? A lot of people are doing that already with, you know, trying to be extra positive. And so it's like, you know, create a vibe of music that kind of conveys that feeling of like what's going on, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's why these last few were, you know, the whole doombient thing. And then before that, it was like, yeah, it's you know, a little lighter, lighter, but, um, I also kind of do that on purpose where I like set people up (laughs) (laughs) when I know I'm going to do something like that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make a a quick EP and it's going to be all happy and, and great. And then, uh, (laughs) when I drop the actual album after that, it's going to be like, wait, what just happened? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, I want to definitely work through, um, these recent releases and, uh, and your process. But first I want to get to know you, um, and you're, are you from Maryland? Um, well, I was a military said, brat, so I'm from everywhere, but I've kind of okay. put up the roots here in Maryland now. Okay. Two weeks in a row we've had somebody from Maryland. Oh, That's yeah. crazy. Um, but you also mentioned that you, did you live in Spokane for a bit? Because um, we were talking yeah, about long, Mount Rainier. A long while ago I did. I lived in Spokane. I've been to, lived in Nevada, uh, the Philippines, where there's bats oh, wow. instead of birds. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and, 
And uh, it, it was really weird because we moved from the Philippines like right before the volcano erupted to, and we went oh, from wow. there to Spokane. And I was like, look, there's a volcano right there though too. So why did we do that? <laughs> there's like four of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you guys don't That's see awesome. that? It's right there. <laughs> like, man. So have you been a musician? You're like... Like when did when did that start? What, like what grabbed you? What what was there um, an artist I've or a song? Been a musician, that... yeah. My grandfather okay. was a, a jazz musician, and he had one arm. He would play like jazz organ, like he had like eight arms. You you, you oh, couldn't wow. understand what was going on. Like you'd listen to him playing. Like if you saw him sitting at the organ, and he was playing. He'd be like, "Oh man, that's crazy!" And you'd like walk up to the organ and see him with one arm. And you'd be like, "What? What? What? Wait a minute!" <laughs> you know. So um, I grew up. You know, my mom being in the military, you know, she would be, you know, abroad and different things. And I would stay with my, my grandparents a lot. And so, you know, I'd always be around him in the music. And uh, he had an Insonic SD-1 keyboard. And I remember just when I was little, I'd just go down there and, you know, mash on the keys. Or as my grandma would say, uh, down there making noise. And so it kind of <laughs> stuck with me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I just continue being weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I've taken like you know music theory and things like that. I've, I have all the credentials, but I like to keep it, you know, outside of the box. So yeah, I'm yeah, always the definitely. one to question like, why do I have to do this? Like it's like, oh, you have to use this scale and you have to do this kind of, and it's like, why? That's what's yeah. going to make a difference. So I try to. That's what I try to do when I create. I just you know I'll play something and you know music theory will kick in and say, oh, do this, 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 and so I'll purposely like, nope, I'm going to do this now. So, well, I, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things. Um, I've I've played with a lot of different people in the bands in bands growing up and stuff, and I feel like uh, a lot of you know I've I've had the I don't know my, I I feel like you you have to know some of the rules before you can break them effectively. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so maybe having like what, what do you do you think that's true? Like having some of the training like allows you to like because because if you know the rules, you can like decide when to break them and when it will be more impactful. Maybe right, like, exactly. Um, I think that it's important that if anybody is getting into music, they, they take at least music theory or they study up on it and just kind of get an idea of chords or, you know, get a little bit of piano under your belt. Um, that way, mm-hmm. you know, you know what it kind of it kind of lends you a palette to, like you said, break the rules if you want to do that. You know, yeah. Whereas, you know, you, it's better to make intentional mistakes in music then just make mistakes because you have no idea and you're just out there right. that, that doesn't mean to you know if your your dream is to do music to go out there and do what you want because my my daughter is the same way she'll be like you know I'll, she picked up the she's got this little piano and i walked up to her and i was like you know oh let me show you how to play that she's like okay and then she would play something and i'd go no you gotta do this and she was like but why and i was like you know what good answer good answer you do what you're doing <laughs> i'm gonna yeah, leave you yeah. alone <laughs> i played with somebody who like we would be writing like, a chord progression and then um they'd play a major where we all played a minor you know mm-hmm. and i would be like you got you got to play a minor there and they're like but you know like why like so-and-so didn't follow the rules it's like right. yeah but that's not a cool rule to break right now it just doesn't sound <laughs> right um that's awesome that you're you're uh you're getting your kids into it oh it's yeah. so cool yeah. um so you find this you find your grandfather's um, would you say it was an in, in Sonic? Yeah, in Sonic oh, SD one. I think it was cool. Okay, Man. all right. <laughs> so, so, so synth was like the first thing that you, that mm-hmm. got you. 
Yep. And, and did then, you kind of uh, stay in the synth world the whole time? Um, or? I did for a little bit, and then I kind of got away from it. I kind of spent a while away from music. You know, I basically I graduated from high school, got a job, and work was more important than anything else. So yeah, um, I worked for a while. I say a good ten, fifteen years of just like you know grinding out jobs, and not, I didn't really deal with music much after that. I, I'm more focused mm-hmm. on um, I'm an artist also, so you know I, I drew for a while. Um, I was working on my own comic and things like that. And then people kept constantly telling me like, man, your art's really cool. You should get into tattooing. So then I decided to be a tattoo artist. So I tattooed for like, you know, a good, almost 10 years. (laughs) Oh, nice. But, um, it, what changed it was my daughter. When, When my daughter was born, she was all about music, whether it was listening to music, singing, dancing, playing random instruments, finding little beats and things. And it, it kind of sparked it in me to be like, you know what? I think I need to go back to that. I need to, I need to make sure that that's somewhere in the family and she is inspired by that. So it, because she inspired me to get back to it as well. So I could retired from, from tattooing and have been doing music since. That's so cool. <laughs> nice. So. I, uh, I have two friends. So I, I, I went to Kalamazoo, Michigan for grad school, and I ended up making friends with a, a guy out there who became a really close friend of mine, and he had gotten into tattooing uh, there. And when I moved back to Washington, one of my best friends from childhood got into tattooing. So I have two close friends who I let practice on me. Mm-hmm. And now they're both really good tattoo artists, but I'm full of shitty tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I, I gave... <laughs> I even gave each one of them a tattoo. So I've given two tattoos. This is pretty fun. Um, but uh, so wait, do you do the art for your albums? Mm-hmm. I, uh, for okay. a little while, I also had my own graphic design company. I d- that's what I studied in school was graphic design because I was going to do that. Okay. And then I was like, eh, this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So I've done so many things. Like I switched majors so many times. I didn't even like finish because I switched so many times. It just kind of was like, yeah. It was like one of those things where it's like I got some of the knowledge and it was enough of the knowledge. It was like I can use this next thing. Totally, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I took yeah. cinematography. I took photography. I, I, I took, oh, um, nice. you know, business graphic design, business. You know, um, brand identity, logo identity, all stuff like that. You know, just so I just have it. And so now I have like all these little skills. These, these master of nuns. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like those are all like good to throw into a melting pot to then be a musician, though. Right. You know, the graphic design thing. You can. You don't have to wait on an artist for your, your, uh, you know, your art, and then mm-hmm. like, you know, having a little bit of, like with. I hate. I hate using words like brand and everything, but like right. when <laughs> when you want people to listen to your music, that there is an element of that because yeah, you know you have to you have to like convince people. To listen to it, and in fact, you you totally got me. Like the aesthetic of your, like basically, I it's so I feel like such a lame loser for saying it, but like the aesthetic of your Instagram and just saying doombient, I was like, <laughs> I need to check this out. So right. like, that's yeah, the, that's the market. So there is something to so that. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> <laughs> so were you in like bands or anything as a kid before um, you got out of the workforce? With my buddies, I had a little little group of friends, and we kind of were like the during the scream screamy metally days of doing yeah. stuff like that. So I used to shred on the bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I who are some of your metal bands? So, yeah. 
I'll throw like little bass parts in my in my music for people to find. <laughs> nice, nice. What are some what were some of your metal bands you listened to back when you were playing metal? Um, Mastodon, uh Baroness. Yeah. Um Okay. Listen to a lot of Tool. Actually, I yeah. learned to play the bass by following along with Mars Volta. <laughs> Oh shit! I'm one of those kind of people where if I take on something, I'm going to take on the maximum challenge. I was going to say you jumped into the deep end right Right. there. (laughs) So this is the hardest thing. That way, everything else seems easier. (laughs) Based off of these bands, is this like 2005, 2007 range or something? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I love I I love me some Mastodon. That Leviathan album is so good. Yeah. Right on. So you get out, and then I kind of have a similar thing. I was playing in bands and everything, and then I, music never fully left. But once I went to college, it was kind of like I was, I have to be an adult now, and you right. know, I can't be a musician. I have exactly. to do this. And then, <laughs> yeah, kind of got back into it like late 20s and then into my 30s. But, um, Okay, so so your daughter kind of inf- influences you. Like you, you get inspired by your da- daughter's love of music to get back mm-hmm. into it. Where do you pick, like, how, like, what, what's the instrument? Like, where, where are you, gra- like, what are you thinking I want to make? Like, is well, it keyboard? Or you th- when I first started, it was more of a necessity thing. Like, I kind of looked at the, the, the music genres and was like, you know what? What's, what's popular right now? And so, <laughs> oddly, compared to what we listen to now from Black Moth, when I first started, uh-huh. I was making future bass music. <laughs> okay okay and uh, i did that for a little bit and it was it was doing all right but then um i came across um some guys that had a, a um, lo-fi hip-hop kind of like group on facebook and um mm-hmm. i got into that and i just started making beats doing that but what happened was as i con- continued to do that and i was using machine and the dow and samples and things like that i kind of felt that through the whole process, even starting with, you know, when I first started into it, I wasn't really connecting with the music because it's just like, oh, I'm going to find this sound or I'm going to scroll through here and find this instrument and then I'm going to play this loop. And I was putting out like an album once a month. I mean, that's really no different than now, but I was yeah. putting out <laughs> once a month. But like, if you were to ask me, like, if you were to say, oh, that song such and such, such, such I'd be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I put yeah, out so yeah. much music and I wasn't <laughs> connecting with it that I would have to actually look it up on my phone like, wait, wait, what song are they talking about? Let me listen real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, so with that, I just kind of like, all right, I need to regroup. I need to I need to figure it out. And so um, I got a Volca um, FM, you know, just to kind of just like, you mm-hmm. know, I need a synthesizer again, you know. And uh, I played around with that. And then I liked it so much that I got a second one. And then I started doing crazy stuff with it. <laughs> People were just like, how are you? What? What's going on? And so <laughs> noticing that, I kind of I outgrew it because it's a really good tool to use to get to outgrow sense, stuff like that, because yeah. Yeah. it's all internal. So once you understand the structure of you know FM synthesis and stuff like that, it's like, okay, well, now I want those actual knobs. I don't want to go into the system and dial in numbers. I want to actually have it in front of me. So that's mm-hmm. when I, uh, I was like, you know what? I got it. I got to switch to modular. I got I to gotta get it. 
Okay, so how did like I'm always curious because modular is such a weird like far off thing. Like, like, did you see some? Did you see like a setup at like a music store? Did you have a buddy or like Um, was it like? It was more so just scrolling around, and when I was scrolling around, I saw like different people that you know like um voltage controller and and alley you mm-hmm. know i was like i was like man yeah. these guys are making cool and because i was still at the time doing the lo-fi stuff you know they're doing the, the mod bap and things like that and i'm like oh wow this is so it's the same kind of music but they're using modular and you know and it's like that's that tactile experience i want so mm-hmm. um i grabbed that and and, and i kind of leaned on that and so i was like okay well what are they using or what do they have but then the the normal you know my my personality was like no we must be different <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, we have to we have to stay outside the box so <laughs> I kind of took the uh, <laughs> the because when I was using the Volcas I was actually doing a lot of ambient stuff so I was like well mm-hmm. you know let's do that and then I kind of thought about the fact that the reason why I got into all this or switched up in the beginning was because I felt like I was just doing what was popular and I didn't feel like myself and myself mm-hmm. was, yo, you used to be in metal bands and, 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 and doom bands. And you used to listen to like staring at the sun and, and Suno and all that stuff like that. Like, wh- why'd you change, bro? So, <laughs> so I was like, well, how can I, yeah. So I was like, well, how can I incorporate that, that real me into the music instead of doing, you know, what I think people are going to buy or what people are going to, what's good. Cause that's what I was doing. I was honestly just kind of, you know, Oh, everybody, you know, Instagram has like this big ambient following and everybody's like, yo, look at the FMs and the, the, the reverb pedals and let's go. And, mm-hmm. um, I was just like, okay, I want to do something different. So how can I keep my fan base that I already have because of the ambient, but introduce them to, this is how Black Moth is for real, <laughs> and so that's right, where the, right. the Doombeant came along. So okay, taking those those Did, influences from the metal bands and things that I listen to, and you know, learn taking the progressions and stuff that I played on bass and all that, and incorporating that into modular. And it was also mm-hmm. you know looking at you know inspired by you know the mod bap and things like that because it was like okay, you, these guys are taking you know boom bap and lo-fi hip hop. And using modular, and it's like, I can still do that, but what if I took a different genre and, and pulled it into modular instead of it being, you know, the typical, hey, let's bleep bloop. Right, <laughs> so, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, those fucking bleep bloops, the man. The bleep bloops. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's, I, I, I'm, I'm really resonating with this because I've, I was a musician, you know, I played basically just like pop punk you know, and, and like indie music growing mm-hmm. and like all the bands that I've been in a metal indie or, or pop punk. And I always felt like I had something in me that I wanted to get out musically, but I never found it through right. that, through playing and writing songs. And, and eventually I was, I was starting to think that maybe I, I Oh, maybe I just suck at, you know, maybe, I, maybe this idea that I've had mm-hmm. was just a, a lofty idea, and it's actually not something that I thought I had in me. And then it was right. through electronic music that I really found, like, oh, this is my voice that I'm looking for, exactly. and, and now I feel like I'm finally expressing myself. So, like, it sounds like you kind of had a similar thing with like transitioning from the like, what do do I what do I think people want to hear? Mm-hmm. to like this is what i want you to hear right 
you know? Right. And it's still, I try That's, to still maintain that whole destination thing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take you to this place where I'm at, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. And at the same time, I'll try to not make it forceful. I try to like put things in there where it's, it's there. The destination is there, but everybody interpret it, interprets it differently. Cause even in the comments, like when I look at my comments and you're like, yo, that's so this. And I'm like, but it, I, I purposely didn't make it that, but you heard right, it, right. which is great. <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's what I want. I want everybody to have a different experience with the music. I don't want to, I try to leave it, you know, so that it's, it's, it fits everybody based on their mood at the time, you know, um, whatever they're Definitely. going through. So they listen to it and they're like, oh, this made me feel this way because of this. Not, this is, you know, it's kind of like a song with lyrics, <laughs> you know, it's like, this uh-huh. is what the song is about. This is what's going on. The end, you know. Right, right. Well, I had an experience like that personally with your music, and I mm-hmm. told you a little bit about it on Inst- while well, we were chatting on Instagram. But yeah. so, you know, when I knew you were coming on the show, so I, I wanted to like, and then I saw you released like five albums this year. So I was like, <laughs> I need to like, I need to start listening to this stuff. So I'm, I was listening to um, Nine, which mm-hmm. is. It's basically, it's named after the planets. So it's like, you know, maybe it's, you would think like spacey, but I'm walking through the woods in the middle of nowhere out by Mount Rainier at like sunset. Mm-hmm. You know, it's dusk and I'm by myself because I was walking from our campsite over to this boat launch where my wife was fishing and it's kind of a long walk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to put the headphones on and listen. And um, it was, I felt like, I was shooting like a, a like a really cool artsy <laughs> like artsy nature sci-fi horror through my eyes while I was listening to the soundtrack. It was like right. if it perfectly fit the mood that I was in and really like made the forest really moody for me. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you have a really really nice like cinematic quality to what you do. All right. I'm kind of doing that on purpose. I I really yeah. my goal <laughs> in life is to score films. People want to score films. <laughs> Whoever's out there yeah. that's like, yo, I need somebody to score films. This guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I try to like make things cinematic intentionally so it has that vibe. So if someone hears it, they're like, oh, that's cool. But again, it's still, like I said, destination. So, you know, it kind of, it takes you to a place. It's, um, yeah. I, you know, I watch a lot of like, people like you know Hans Zimmer and stuff like that and you know listen to like their little things when they give little tips and stuff and that's one of the things it's it's got to be a conversation you know so it's mm-hmm. a, there's got to be a back and forth in the music and so I try to make sure those things are there and the way I've done it is incorporating the two things so there's always the ambient and the ambient side of everything in any of my music is still that light and airy nice melodic but there's that underlining doom in there Mm -hmm. you know where you're listening to it and then you kind of catch that and you're like wait whoa oh now i'm kind of (laughs) uncomfortable so you know and then it gets back to the light again you're like oh okay we're we're good we're safe (laughs) yeah i feel like you're very you're very good with like textures like it will be airy and then they'll be just just really cool like stuff and and i think interesting frequency ranges that definitely come in and kind of disrupt what mm-hmm. was airy in the best way possible. And something else that I really like about what you do, because like the cinematic stuff can kind of 
some of it might not be fun to listen to without the movie you're watching mm-hmm. with it. You know, it might be too empty, but you, you keep it you keep it interesting enough to where it stands alone and can be listened to on its own. So yeah, hats off to you there on that. Thank That's you. awesome. <laughs> um so I kind of want to ask like about your your production. Mm-hmm. Like did you are you self-taught? Did you take any classes? Do you have any help with your production because I feel like you have a a through line in what I'm listening to from you has been like there seems to be I don't know. I, I feel like your like your production is as much part of the music. It it is too. I I, I I'm meticulous. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I can't. <laughs> and I um, it's it's gotta feel right for me, and it's gotta sound right for me. And I um, I have frequency intolerances like crazy. So if something me doesn't too. sound right. I'm gonna know it doesn't sound right, <laughs> dude. What it, like? What's what's your range? What's your range that drives you nuts? It's it's any, it's more of the high end. So if you notice, all okay. of our music is okay. very deep and low, and it's because the uh-huh. high. So the high end, if and it's also um, sometimes when the the detuning, like if if the 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 sounds don't mesh mesh well, it, uh-huh. it's it's like shockboard scratching to me. So yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I was I did an interview with the Daydream Sound and he was asking me he's like how are you how's it did you make everything fit together so perfectly I was like because if it doesn't sound right it's gonna annoy me <laughs> yeah so, yeah so if I grab one synth and I put another synth to it and they don't they don't you know dance nicely they're not it's not gonna happen um, yeah. but also I'm running Dallas so I have to find ways to get it as clear and, and masterful as possible because I have no way of mastering it or um, adjusting. Um, I use Audacity Wait, so you to record... record my stuff digitally. <laughs> and actually, I only use Audacity to um, equalize because I have, a, um, I have a digital Tascam recorder, and that's where all my uh-huh. digital stuff gets f- stored. Um, but everything I work on goes directly to a four-track cassette task cam and that's where everything gets done so all of my really? balancing and leveling i do on there um i have a zoom multi-stomp pedal that i use for uh limiter compression um eq i don't actually use the effects on it i just use that stuff <laughs> so uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and then of course all my pedals and stuff um but i balance all that stuff on the fly so um i'll sit down and you know i'll, I'll find an instrument and you know, I'll mess around to it until it sounds right, and then I'll move on to the next synth till it sounds right. Then I'll blend them if they sound good. It's it's time to go. Let's create. <laughs> so, so are you multi-tracking stuff like multiple takes, or are you kind of just like no? It's all one take. Everything, getting, like, every single album I have out right now, it was one take live. Everything you hear is is live. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> and are you doing like four separate tracks, or are you doing like a stereo out or it's something? It's a stereo. What I do is, wow. um, okay. on the task cam, on the cassette, I have two um, signal chains for pedals. So I come out of the modular stereo, or, you know, in the cur- current system I have is mono, but I have it as a Y splitter. So I have the same signal going through two different pedal chains, and then that way it kind of creates that stereo uh-huh. width for you. Um so I'll have each one has a reverb on it, one has a delay. It just depends on what the what the song is or the track I'm working on. You know, I pick different things, but um, 
and I just equalize them out based on those two things or how I want that sound to, to blend. Um, and it's weird because, like, the way Instagram works, the stereo on the phones, it's like, if, unless you turn your phone sideways, you really can't hear the stereo. They kind of stack on top of each other. <laughs> but when you do turn it sideways, you're like, whoa, it's like a totally different song. So <laughs> I try to get it. I try to do that, you know, as much as I can. And that's another thing, too. Like, I try to listen to it on all things. So while I'm working on it, yeah. you know, I'll have it come out my speakers. Then I'll plug in my earbuds, you know, and then I'll hook it up to the stereo system and just kind of listen. So it's like, okay, so all these things are, you know, equal. You know, like I've even heard, and then I'll do different videos depending on that. Like if the album sound is different than the Instagram sound, because the Instagram sound is going to come out of your phone. So, you okay. know, and I've yeah, had people yeah. ask me, like, it's, it's like you like created it just for the phone. I'm like I, I did. <laughs> so, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So, well, that's um, like, that's like an old, old school trick. I forgot who did it, but it's something that I heard somebody did. And then I just started doing it. It's like, if I'm working on something, I'll go listen to whatever the current mix is mm-hmm. through laptop speakers, through, right. you know, a couple different pairs of headphones, a, a Bluetooth speaker in my car, you know, and mm-hmm. like whatever the shittiest one is, mm-hmm. like if it sounds okay on that, then I'm like, all right, good. Right. And then a lot of things yeah. I don't listen to. I just make it and put it out there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, really? Uh, like, Damn. I didn't listen to um, uh, Deluge till this morning in the car. <laughs> it was like the first oh, time really? I listened to it. And I was like, <laughs> it was like unexpected surprise because the way the stereo with was, the sounds like spun around inside the car. And I was like, this is cool. Like, I made oh, this. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> So, so so wait you so you record everything you so you get a, a stereo track going mm-hmm. you get it you know you get it dialed in mm-hmm. tone wise and everything into your task cam and then you equal do you then you then take it from the task cam task cam into audacity just for equalization yeah like i'll go into that, that actually the only thing file. i do in, in task cam or in in, in in audacity is um the uh bass treble I just open up the bass treble okay. thing, and then I just uh, bass treble and volume, and I adjust until it sounds good, and that's it. Because everything else was <laughs> done ahead of time, you know, with the two task cams and the pedals. So that I love, I love that's like a modern, a modern way of like staying lo-fi without yes. using like lo-fi plugins, <laughs> you know? Cause like yeah. you, I see that all the time. Like, do you want to make your stuff sound shitty? Then buy this $800 plugin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yep. No, oh, it's, man, it's, it's I, literally I lo-fi. It's all recorded on an old task cam. And, and I don't even, sometimes I don't even use the tape. Sometimes I just let it, let it run through or I'll like turn the trim up really high to get that hiss. Um, a lot of my distortion become, comes from just, having the the levels up too high on purpose you nice. know so nice you know i in um yeah that's it's it's all it's all just live every single part of it so i love that yeah. that's like it seems if to me it's it feels like i don't know that feels like pure to me for some reason that's like, like. that's that's the goal i think it's you know, and because that's what I was trying to get away from with the with the with the dial because it was just like I spent too much time editing and fixing things or finding oh, I don't like that sound. And so what this does for me is not only do I get the tactile experience, but it forces me to learn and figure this stuff out because I don't have it's not pre-made, it's not a preset, it's not you know MIDI sequenced. It's just raw, and you just got to do it and you got to make it work. 
You know, um, right yeah. now with the system that I have modular, I just have one voice. I have Manus Atiritas. That's it. So the last oh, really? two okay. albums has just been that one voice. So finding a way to get that as thick as possible or to sound like multiple instruments through delays and different kind of reverbs and stuff like that. And that's usually more my time now is trying to find ways to creatively make things sound more than what they are or different than what they are. Um, yeah. And the same thing goes with the pedals. Like I try to, I, I tinker and I try to figure out ways to like utilize things. And that's why I also got into modular is because I know that that's how I think. And I knew that modular would be mm -hmm. the best thing for me because it it's, it's happy accidents. <laughs> so, totally, totally. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah I'm always just doing things, you know, that outside the box thinking of, I don't read manuals either. That's another thing. So it also lends for me to be like, oh, I'm just going to plug this in here. And it's like, oh, it does that. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I've kind of the same way. I have a hard time with manuals. Like, I'll read it, and my eyes just gloss over, and I'm like, <laughs> right? just going to mess with it. It's like, I don't care. I just <laughs> want to play with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm actually, like, really relating to all of this. Like, when, like, when I kind of just started getting into electronic music and wanted to start making it, like... Um, I wanted to make this album, but I was I didn't have any money to buy gear. So I, I had a Volca kick, or not Volca kick, the Volca beats, and then like this like rack mount Kawhi, like a hundred dollar synth and like some guitars. And I just like I couldn't make anything sound really good, you know. I was listening to all this like really awesome electronic music. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I'm gonna lean into the fact that I can't make something sound good and I'm gonna like try to embrace the the grime and I, I made like I was using weird plugins that weren't effects as effects and you know I, it really pushed me creatively to find find ways to wrestle it into something that people would want to listen to exactly. and I and I still think it's like one of my favorite things I've ever made mm -hmm. and you know it's it's grimy and it's you know it's like it's pure you, you know, created uh, it you got it to sound like yeah that. and that's what's important yeah. that's, that's why I love it is because it, and it's exactly what I was looking for of you know because it's I made it, you know, there's, if there was, there's no plug-in, there's no, you know, every sound that's there is something I figured out how to do and, and make it sound like that, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's authentic. Um, I, I, I always attribute it back to, you know, photography for me when I was doing photography, I did black and white because I felt like it looked more real, you know, a black and white mm -hmm. photograph, it seems it, it, for some reason when you look at it, it's like, yo, this is like so real. Whereas when you do colors, you know, the colors can be adjusted or they're designed to, you know, you adjust it to kind of be more appealing to the, to the eye. And so it's kind of like makeup, mm -hmm. you know? And so it yeah, doesn't yeah. seem as authentic. It's like, is that red really that bright? Or, you know, all oh, the lighting is like really nice here, but you know, having that raw black and white, it's like this, it is what it is the end, you know? And so that's how yeah. I want my music yeah, to I've, be. I've, I've never been that. Yeah. I've never been that interested in, like the super polished, I, I, and I can't do it. So I, I mean, I might be making an excuse because I, I don't <laughs> think I could make something super polished produced, like production wise, but mm -hmm. like, it just doesn't appeal to me. It feels, it just feels like, uh, like plastic right? or like, it feels to me the way like late nineties cars look, they're all like kind of bulbous <laughs> in a way that's just like, that's not going to age well. That looks dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> and that's also why I do the live too, is because I wanted to have 
If I make a mistake, I made a mistake. There's no takes. There's no no. I don't mm-hmm. start it. Let's play it. And if it comes out how it comes out, it gets recorded, and that's it. Because I want it's like a live performance. You're going to go see this in a show, and this is what's going to happen. Uh huh. You know. And sometimes. So do you set something up? There's like. Do you set something ha- up and like happen. run through it a few times? Mm-hmm. No, I do everything from scratch. No. There's like I'll so literally just... like I'll play around with the stuff to kind of get that sound and make sure the sounds are right, and then I'll pull uh-huh. all the patch cables or I t- and turn everything off, turn it back on, and I just patch from scratch. Come up with everything just on the fly, hit, and then record it. All right, some puzzle pieces are falling into place. I'm like, how the hell does somebody <laughs> release one, <laughs> two, three, four, five albums in seven months? Now that right. makes sense. Um, I love that too because I feel like if you do it, if you do it that way, um, it's almost like a snapshot of a mood. Like mm-hmm. over time, it's almost like you can right. like almost like track like what's going on personally. Like I feel mm-hmm. like if I did that, if I if I you know released five EPs or five albums in the last seven months, like next year I could probably go back and listen to each one of those and like pinpoint the mood of that week exactly. or or that month <laughs> at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Like so it's almost like a sonic journal or something. It is. There it is. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. awesome it, and it depends and that's usually my creative times too it's like it's whatever my mood is like if i if i get up and i see something on instagram or scrolling through in the news or whatever and it like pisses me off or you know or you know i'm like oh that's really cool and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go create and then i take that vibe that i have at the time and I just let the let the instruments do the work, really. You know, it's like, I, and it's usually the texture. Mm-hmm. The texture is first. So, like, I'll like let something drone out, or I'll let something loop, um, and I'll just kind of be like, oh, okay, you know, that that sound right there. And then I'll just layer stuff over top of it, or you know, I'll play along with it. And then usually what happens is during that process, like I'll hear something else, and then it's like, okay, that's track two then, and. I, yeah. Yep. Here, here's what's even crazier, and you know, maybe people will think like, "Oh man, you didn't put enough energy in that. Now we feel bad." Or maybe they'll think that's really cool. I'd say, all right. I know for a fact, Deluge and Space Between and Nine were all done in eight hours or less in one day. Damn. <laughs> because <laughs> i procrastinate a lot and i'm so, like yo i have this release date for this album and it's like oh it's due today and i'll just take whatever mood and i'll sit down and i'm like hey i'm locking myself in the room and working on music and six hours later it's like all right album's done so and that's dude and that's just i, I the relate to that as well <laughs> yeah 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 because if, like, if i try to do it like, like that. i'm gonna work on track one today and then i work on track two tomorrow I know that it's going to be different because my music is based on mood and whatever's going on. So it's better for me to do it all at once while I'm in that vibe. So the mm-hmm. whole album has that vibe. You know? That's so, I love that. I, so I, I made an album recently in a day because I, I had my friend's Nord lead two and she wanted it back. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, well, I got to give this thing back and I haven't played it in a long time. So I'm just going to get the most out of it for the day. And I, I used it with like my Zoya and my Chase Bliss mood pedal. And I sat mm-hmm. there for like six hours and recorded a bunch of stuff. And then when I listened to it back, like, you know, a week later, I was like, 
I, I originally made it to like put modular stuff over it and I'm listening back to it. I'm like, this stands alone. And I was like, that can't be true. So I let it sit for longer and I, and I came back to it a month later to like, all right, I'm going to start working on this. And I'm like, I still think this sits alone. Mm-hmm. And, but like there was something in my brain that was like, oh, I can't release it if I made it in six hours. And then I was like, why not? Right. <laughs> like who right. fucking cares? If the thing's the thing, then like that's what it is. Right. Uh, that's what it is. I, I tend to work really quickly too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like there's a sense of urgency with that mood. I think I think you and I are really similar in that way because I'm I'm right. definitely I feel like I'm relating to this a lot. Like the the sense of urgency because it's like this is gonna be gone. Whatever this is that mm-hmm. that's that's flowing through me, that's becoming this, is not gonna be here tomorrow. Right. So I totally I totally get that. That's awesome. Okay. And, um, and, and it's it's true in the sense of like sometimes that's another reason why I don't listen to them. Because I know that like, <laughs> if I listen to it the next day, I'm gonna be like, "What the hell was this? <laughs> like, what, yeah. what was I going? What, why did I pick make it this? apart?" So you know, yeah, and I'll just start. But if I, I let it go for like a week or two, and I'll go listen to it, and I'll just be like, "Oh, I made this. Okay, cool." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? there's, there's been times that, that I put my my <laughs> iTunes on shuffle, and a song uh-huh. come up, and I've been like. Yo, this is who is this? Like, wait a minute, and I'll look. I'm like, oh, it's me. Okay, <laughs> that's that's so good. I love that. I've I've actually like gone through old stuff, like like old tracks, like that I never finished. You know, like oh, this is something I haven't looked at in a year, and I'll listen to it. And I'll have, I'm like, I have no idea. I don't remember starting this. I don't remember how I made it, what I used to record it. <laughs> right. I don't know why I gave up on it because it's really cool. Like, why didn't mm-hmm. I finish this? Um, so I think also that there, I feel like there are a couple different, like, as far as like the, like emotions, inspiring creativity, I think there's, there's a couple different types of people. I think there are people who, when they feel like, you know, stressed, angry, or sad, they create in that moment of that feeling. Or like Mm -hmm. me, when I'm like depressed or something, I'm just kind of laid out from that. And when I start feeling better, I can then create and kind of like, dip into that like in hindsight i i have a i'm have a hard time creating while i'm like under mental duress so the last month or so you know month and a half i haven't been that creative because i've just been so like exhausted by the news feed cycle and stuff like but it sounds like you're able to take that and like turn it into something yeah that's that's part of the process for me too is like if i sit and like i know I want music to have that impact. And so like, there's times where if I create something, if I don't get emotional about it, like there's times where I'm like, yo, this, this riff made me tear up. Yes. Then that, 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 that's getting saved and, and put on an album. <laughs> if it doesn't do that, if it doesn't make me feel a certain Definitely. way, I, it's gets scrapped. There's so much that gets scrapped. I don't even save it on the computer. And that's, I think that's too, is what helps what, <laughs> not, not having the doubt and doing it all live it's like once it's done, it's gone. If I didn't save it or I didn't record it as I was going, it's it's gone. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I don't have to go worry about the, the the pile up of what's all this random stuff, <laughs> you know. So right, yeah, that's that's a good point because like a lot of stuff that I end up saving because I'm like oh, I don't know if I'm really feeling that it just sits and takes up space and mm. then nothing will ever happen with it. Right. But I feel like um, I. I used to say this a lot. It's it's been a while, so 
So buckle up, uh, listener, <laughs> if you've been listening for a long time. But I feel like there's like um, kind of like a a Buddhist element to that kind of approach, which I loved about modular in that, like, it's kind of like a, one of those sand mandalas that, that, you know, the Tibetans do. It's like, mm-hmm. they spend all this time to make this thing, but then when it's wiped away, it's gone. Right. And there's something like I had a patch yesterday, actually, cause I've been, we got a new car and I got a power inverter so I can go and like record in remote spots with like cool stuff in the background. So mm-hmm. I spent all this time making this patch that I could play my guitar through um, and I was going to go stand in front of a cool church and do it. And I got there and I got everything set up, but it turns out with like that power inverter and my guitar plugged into it, it just creates this ground loop that's just like, mm. it was too annoying to actually try it. I was like, <laughs> can I salvage this? Can I make it into like a noise thing? It was like, no, it's just awful. So I was like, oh, well, that's <laughs> done. Um, so I just like ripped that whole patch apart. And I think because I've grown accustomed to doing that over time, I'm less precious about things. I used to be like, Mm -hmm. if I recorded something, it got released. And now I'm just like, I feel like I'm more discerning because I don't know. And I feel like as heady and weird as this is, I feel like that does ripple into other aspects of life, of just kind of acceptance of impermanence or something, you know? Right. So developing... uh what what I like to call modular thinking, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> it's like, you know, that, that was like that, that was today. Today's over. We've reboot. We we've pulled the patch apart. All the cables are out. The rack is fresh again. And move on. You know. Ready to yeah. Go. yeah. Yeah. So I usually don't get into into the weeds with gear talk here, but just like kind of like the way you were describing how you do stuff, I've. I'm really curious, and I'm sure some listeners out there are curious. You're mentioning pedals. You're mentioning, you know, your your Eurorack set, uh, setup that only has one voice. Like, what size? Let's start with your Eurorack. Like, what size case are you using? Like, you have one. Are you like running a bunch of effects and a bunch of CV, or is it a kind of a, a minimalist case? Um, it's well, the cases. I got a, I got one of those nifty cases, the 84 HP. Oh, nice. I've only uh-huh. had this thing for like two weeks, <laughs> but uh, oh really? Yeah, I, I'm two weeks into to Eurorack, but before that, I was using the AE module. Oh stuff. shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's I, great. Uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got I got Manus because Manus just sounded so cool to me, and I, I got a couple of buddies that I follow that you know, and I, I've connected with that use noise engineering stuff, and I'm like, man, that sounds so cool. So I grabbed Manus because it fit kind of like that that sound I was already doing with um, the Volcas and the the A modular stuff, um, mm-hmm. and the thing about noise engineering is just is so the modulation is crazy. Like there's there's so much you can do yeah. on one one module. So I got two Diezes and an attenuator. Um, you know their envelope an LFO generator and a filter and that's it. <laughs> so, um, that's, so you have like so an all, all noise engineering just, setup. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, oh, I wow, got a, okay. um, a Pico drums in the, coming in the mail cause I need drums and nice. the similar is expensive right now. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so it's going to have to wait, <laughs> but, um, I have Pico drums and Basimilis and yeah, yeah that's, that's, see, that's like, what I want to do. I want to still, I'm gonna still get it. But I'll probably use the Basimilis mm-hmm. for the for the kick, and then that way I have 
Pico for, you know, high hats and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's all modulation. So um, I have a, a circuit mono station, which I think is the most underrated, awesomest thing Novation has ever made. But I feel like they gave up on it because they thought it wasn't going to do well. But it does so much. It's it's crazy. <laughs> Wait, what, um, what was it? You kind of broke the, up. The what circuit mono station. Okay, I don't even know if I've heard of that. See? <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, they came, they took the base station and the circuit and put them together. Okay. Yeah. So, as a standalone synth, it's awesome. But it also has two sequencers and a CV sequencer. When it first came out, they were all independent. Um, or not independent. They were The two sequencers worked together as sequencers to control the voice so it was it was paraphonic so one sequencer would control your main sequence and the second sequencer would control another sequence that would kick in based on um notes from the first sequence um and then it had like a, a third one that was for um sequencing the modulation of the actual unit well it wasn't doing well so they came out with an update, and the update changed the last sequencer into a CV sequencer for controlling modular. Um, nice. And then they have a CV auxiliary that takes all the ASDR, LFO, and all that stuff out of the system and sends that out also as CV to modular, um, which is very cool. But what I did not yeah. know until a couple days ago, and I've had this thing for like months, is when you hook <laughs> MIDI up to it, the MIDI channels are also the sequencers. So channel one and channel two are sequencer one and two and so on. So in the sense of my case, my case has MIDI in, but it splits up channel one and channel two as two as CV gates. So with the mono station, I'm able to program, which I'm getting back in the DAW life by doing this. So I'm trying to like avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> I can program an entire live set or a show into the mono station all the sequences up to you know 36 36 uh patterns and 30 and uh -huh. i think it's like like 16 different sequences or diff different tracks and program that all in there all the midi all the cv all the modulation control and, and everything and then save it and so if i went to go do a live show i could just plug the mono station in hit play and tweak knobs and it'll do all the tracks and I, it'll play them all in order and everything so it's kind of like oh, a, wow. a poor man's Digitac, <laughs> you know, even though they're yeah, about the yeah. same price. <laughs> but the fact that it has, it's all analog. So now you have an uh -huh. analog synth on top of that. So, and it does drums, everything. And I don't think a lot of people know that. So, you know, it's like, hey, unsung. But I use that to kind of um, transpose at the moment. So when I sequence stuff, I just use it for transposition. I don't actually put the sequence in there. Um, uh -huh. I would do all my sequencing randomized through, uh, modulation. So I use the clip okay. Diaz is to, um, act as a trigger, but also to run through, um, randomized notes or cause it, the club Diaz is to step. So, um, so it's kind of like a little mini step sequencer. Um, so I have that modulation going while the mono station transposes. And that's how a lot of all those layers come about, even though I'm only using the one voice. So, okay. 
Yeah. It's crazy. Well, that's like the, yeah. So Mad you've, science stuff. I love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it seems like you're like, you're really efficient at make like, all right, this is what I have. What can I do with it? Right. Like, and it comes from that. I think that comes from making that switch to doing dollars because I have to make it work. Mm-hmm. I don't, I only have this. I don't have the ability to do all of this. So how can I make this one thing do what I need it to do? And that's kind of how I planned the system. You know, I went online and, you know, I, I kind of got on modular gear or grid <laughs> and uh, I thought about like, uh-huh. what I wanted to do and what I had. And it's like, how do I make all this work? And so I bought modules based on that concept of I have this one voice. How can I make this? And I, I like limiting myself like that. Like even when I did, when I had the Volcas and all that, I would be like, okay, I'm going to make this track, but I'm only going to use the Volca FM. So how am I going to do all these things that I want to do only using the Volca FM? And I try to I try to mm-hmm. do that with everything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to buy another voice. I'm going to only have <laughs> Manis because it <laughs> makes it so I have no choice but to figure out how to make that do what I want it to do and continue to be efficient with it. And I love with that. It. Yeah. So it's so refreshing to hear someone with your perspective on this within modular because like because of this whole gear acquisition syndrome that tends to mm-hmm. set in with people like. Dude, I'm guilty. See the shoebox for the listener. I'm holding up a shoebox now and I'm opening the lid and it's it's just full of modules, you know? Like I've got right. so much stuff. Um right. and and to be honest, like I'm not complaining cuz you know, a lot of stuff gets sent to me to demo and and it is really fun and I've got a big case. Uh I feel like I work better when I'm when I have limitations. But when you have it's almost like trying to watch something on Netflix versus going to like a little mom pop video store or something. Like when you're at the mom pop video shop, you're going to, you're going to take that thing home and you're going to watch that. But on Netflix, you're just going to sit there for an hour. I'm like, no, no, no. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you know, um, even with the case now it has uh, a, a strip on it. I mean, yeah, it can do more and I can go buy another ribbon, but I've got 10, 10, 10 slots. So once I have 10 modules, mm-hmm. I can't add any more unless I go get another ribbon. And so I like that. <laughs> it's, just, it's like you have these 10, figure it out. You know, and and it's it's good because mm-hmm. like like I said it it lends to creativity because you have to find a way. Like and and those those happy accidents come about so cool because like the other like the first track on um <clears throat> Deluge, it's it's very stringy. And and somebody asked me like how do you if you're only using mass how do you get those string sounds and it's like I ran it through an attenuator because I don't have a mixer and when I did that it cuts out <laughs> the the layer of like the buzziness and the staticiness and you know that harshness that that Manus has it cuts it off so <laughs> and it, so it just I sounds like even, a string I hadn't even and then if thought you throw of that. a reverb on that even more so so now you throw the reverb in and it thickens Whoa. it up and now it sounds like strings. That's what I like about modular and maintaining that you only have this, figure out how to make it work. So you got to stop giving me all your secrets. I'm like sitting here. Like, Maybe I need to tape. Oh, there's so now. much more. I'm not going to give you any more though. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's all kinds of cool so, little stuff. I fit cause I'm a mad scientist about it. Cause like I said, I have to figure it out. So there's, yeah. I tinker and tinker and tinker. And then I'm like, Ooh, Oh, I'm not telling nobody about that. <laughs> So before modular, like, do you just have like a like a couple synths in your bass and pedals? Is that kind of yeah, like well, what you were using? I, I I did start modular with with 
um, AE modular. So the AE modular systems are really cool. I recommend them to anybody who wants to get into modular. I wouldn't know what I was doing or what to buy or what to get if I didn't have that option. And that option okay. is so great for somebody who's a beginner because for the price of maybe two modules or a really good module, you can get yourself a whole entire system. Yeah, it's small and tiny. It's like the size of a Volca. So if you take a Volca and stretch it out, that's it's, it's exactly the same size. And any module that you can think of, you know, when it comes to like a basic module is, is there. You have you can build a system, a Eurorack system, anything you can build in Eurorack, you can build in any modular. And um, Robert Landry, the guy who owns it, he's he's starting to make modules that are unique um, or those boutique type things where like um, he's he's got some cloud or uh, mutable stuff coming. Um, there's a couple things that are clones from from some Eurorack and Dofer stuff. And if like I said, if I didn't have that. I, I probably wouldn't have made the leap to modular because it was just like, okay, this is super cool and I really like it, but it's tiny <laughs> and I'm getting right, old. I'm going to have to check that out. I wasn't, <laughs> a, I wasn't familiar with that. Yeah. I'll, yeah. <laughs> here, I'll find I've got a, I've got a system sitting here. So let me reach. All right. So this is, this is my big drony system. So you see how, how, how oh, big whoa. Yeah, okay. it's tiny. <laughs> But uh, right, yeah, and and it's cool. And the idea came about because of the the Volca modular. The Volca modular came out, and he kind of looked at it like, why can't your rack modular be like this instead of it being this, you know, proprietary single system, you know? And so he decided to start making his own modules in that size and format, and made these racks. And you can you can get into modular. It's a, it, it, his slogan is modular for everyone, and it's true. You know, with the modules being oh, anywhere wow. from twenty dollars to to sixty dollars, some of them are ninety. And the bigger ones are, um, you know, like like the grids and things like that. You know, things that are doing a lot, they're a little bit more. But even still, uh -huh. you just bought mutable grids for ninety bucks. <laughs> so right, you know, and right, it's, it's yeah. the same wow. exact module, just miniaturized. So I think I'm really gonna cool. have to see if they want to come on the show because that seems right. like. Because I know the price point is is something that keeps a lot of people right shy um, about getting the, into modular. There's two systems. There's a larger system that's like five nineteen or something like that, and then there's a smaller system which is one I started with, uh, system one. It's like four four hundred and thirty four nineteen US or something like that. Okay. So for four hundred dollars, a little little more than four hundred dollars, you have your you know two, you have a VCO, a dual digital uh, oscillator. Um, you get, you know, filter, VCA, everything that you would need, like everything, all the essential modules in a rack ready to go for you to learn module. So, damn. And so and during so that, that learning process, so you're, using you're like, that. oh, let's do this. I want to get, I want to get real modular now. <laughs> so. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> so wait, so did you make some of your, your, like how much of like the space between or orbital or random acts of or nine? Like how much was um, any of those using that? Or? Um, module, modular one and modular two, I think I changed their name. Module one and modular two, I think I changed it. But the albums that were early, the ones that look like they're, the covers are instruction manuals. <laughs> like that stuff was all Volca FM and Volca Keys. And then everything from there all the way to um, orbital 
is all a modular. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, like I said, I've only had well, now, the, that... the 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 the, the Eurorack for like two weeks. So the only things that were made with the with this Eurorack were um, the space. No, space between is also a modular. Now that I think about it. It is. Oh, wow. Because okay. I've only had this for, for, for Deluge. That's right. So. Damn. So yeah. that, that big, huge Doom, like, because that one I feel like is your most, like, doom the space yes. between. Although that Deluge, was all I feel like. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, yeah. wow, that's, that's quite an <laughs> yeah, endorsement. That, now that I remember, well, I'm going to listen to these in a totally different way now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That was all a modular. All right, dude. I have, well, we are. I've got a wave folder on there, and uh, um, the, he's got a module um, that's a, a, a replica of the Selena strings, and so there's that that that's where that's coming. from. So it's the strings, and then I took the VCO through a wave folder and just um, and I used the sub oscillator. So that's how I got that deep growly craziness. And that's what that is. And I run it through a um, overdrive uh-huh. pedal. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I don't have my phone with me to to randomly generate a uh, an adjective and noun, but I looked right in front of me on like boxes and stickers and just picked <laughs> the first ones that I found, mm-hmm. and I came up with balanced ear balanced for your your. Ear. I feel oh. like. That's kind of weird. I could I could go get the phone and do another one. That one's not. No, really not balance that fun. ear is great because that is equilibrium. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See, <laughs> so. See, you made it work. I love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, well, I'll yeah, balanced ear. Then that will be the the patch challenge for this week. And um, right. so yeah, we're we're about at that time. But I always like to give the guests the last word. Um, okay. Is there anything you'd like to scream from the modular mountaintops or something we haven't made covered yet? Um, nothing new, but to be creative, <laughs> be creative, experiment, you know, um, don't, don't accept limitations at all. You know, don't even look at your gear as a limitation. Listen to my albums, not because I want you to listen to them and buy them, but I want you to listen to them because... The first group of them, like yes, like I said, they were made on Volca FMs, and then the mm-hmm. next group of them were made on a modular. And this, these last, this last one, and there's one coming up. So I figured that. as much. <laughs> <laughs> they're both they're both going to be done with just this one Manus Atiritus module. So you can't you can't. I guess this is new. I want people to understand that you can't look at your gear and say, oh, I can't do this or I can't do what they did because I don't have it or I don't have the money to go out and do that. And, you know, um, find yourself whatever you can, even if it's just a tiny Volk FM and get yourself a, an effects pedal or reverb or a delay and do what you can. Um, find a multi-track, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's a digital one, so that way you can layer so you, now you're taking, you've taken something that's one instrument, one little thing, and you've tracked it out four times, and now you have multiple instruments, and you've created a track. You know, there is no limitation mm-hmm. to this. Don't get caught in, you have to have the most money or the best gear, because you don't. All of my, all of my albums are made on Vogue FMs and 
an AE modular system that's four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna um, say it sounds like all your stuff is made on less than a thousand dollar setups. Yes. <laughs> Until I got the, the yeah. this, you're a rat. Oh, oh my goodness yeah right <laughs> what have i done what have i gotten into <laughs> yeah yeah i was just gonna say oh dude you opened up a wormhole i'm actually really excited to see so because good. you're so prolific <laughs> yeah i'll get to see like i'll get to see like your modular explosion here over the next yeah. few months i'm sure right on oh, yeah. well jack thanks so much for coming on and where can people find your stuff um uh blackmoth.bandcamp.com this is where the music is. And then if you search lo-fi... And no C. Yeah, there's no C. And uh, and then if you just search... I try to make it easy. So I made all of my social stuff lo-fi Afronaut. Um, there's a space between... Or a little underscore between the lo-fi and Afronaut. And that's... If you search that, you'll find uh, Instagram and uh, YouTube, all that. Actually, you just search Black Moth, you'll find all of that. Because I kind of like dominate the Google right yeah. now on that. So... <laughs> <laughs> and now here's Balanced Ear by Black Moth. Thank you. 
right, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out Patchworks, uh, their website. They got some open box deals. Um, and you can actually go there if you're in Seattle, but their website is also really awesome. If you're not in Seattle, um, what else? Check out Needham Woodworks, the finest Euro rack cases in the land. Um, also please, because I couldn't do a demo, I really hope that you can visit recovery effects website and check out that motormatic until I can get to, uh, another demo with it next week. And also Sirius's veil from void modular, an amazing, uh, dual filter with, uh, different crazy mode selection stuff via gates. It's very unique. Um, yeah, and I think that's about all I have for you this week. Thank you for listening. Until next week.